0: Um, Morning. Um, We're going to start off just with a reading from John 9. Um, This is what it says. Um, It's verse 1 to 25. Yeah, it's coming up. Great. Um, As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home saying, His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees a man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He opened. The man replied, "He's a prophet." Still, they did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they until they sent for the man's parents. "Is this your son?" they asked. "Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see?" "We know he is our son," the parents answered. "And we know he was born blind, but how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know." "Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself." His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, ask him, Um, he is of age. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Um, let's just pray. Father, we pray that this morning that you will speak to us um, through these passages and the stories that we hear, and Father, that you will inspire us as we respond. Amen. Um, So thank you for having me this morning to speak. Um, My name's Hannah. Um, As the guys have said, I work for a charity called Tear Funds, and it's great to be able to come and share on behalf of Tear Fund with you this morning. Um, Lots of you will be familiar with Tear Fund, but in case you don't know what we do, um, I can give you a bit of a whistle-stop tour of what we're working on. Um, Tear Fund is a charity that follows Jesus where the need is greatest. Um, We work through the local church um, and through local Christian partners all over the world to help people who are living in extreme poverty. And following the greatest need often means that we're going to places that are really dangerous um, or hard to reach um, to meet people who are struggling to even survive. Um, And it often means going to the sorts of places where not very many other people are going. Um, TFM works through the local church um, all over the world to help people in their local community who are living in poverty. And we know that God um, works through us and works through the church Um, And the church is really God's plan A for being his hands and feet. So Teofan works to equip the local church around the world um, who know their neighbours, they know their community, and they understand the need in the area, they understand what it's like to live in that area, the context, the culture, helping to equip the church to help people who are in greatest need and are living in poverty right right beside them. Um, This morning we're going to hear about, um, not Chu, but a different area um, in the world. Um, And this is a country in the world that has become the poorest country in the world, according to the Human Development Index. Um, It's the Central African Republic, or CAR, and that's what I'll call it probably for the rest of this talk. Um, This is a country that lots of us don't actually know very much about and we rarely would see it on the news um, and so maybe we're not even sure where it is or what's happening. Um, That's us... Oh, oh. (laughs) We're both going at it. Um, So the Central African Republic is in Africa. That's it highlighted there in the middle. Um, It's just south of Chad, um, next to South Sudan and the DRC, so just smack bang in the middle there. And I really want to just give you a bit of context this morning um, about the country to help us understand um, some of the stories um, that we're going to hear and the need for tier funds work in that country. So a bit of history for you. Um, CAR became independent in the 60s, but since then the country's had a really turbulent and violent history. Um, A coalition of armed groups seized power in the country in 2013, and then this um, sparked the beginnings of a really brutal conflict. The armed um, groups wanted to overthrow the government. And then this sparked retaliation attacks from a second group. Um, There was looting, burning of land, um, rapes being used as a weapon of war. Um, And there's there's been displacement of um, half the population at the height of the crisis. Um, Then fast forward to March 2016, just last year, um, a new president was elected, Um, But already a big proportion of the country was controlled by various armed groups. Um, CAR at the moment is in utter turmoil. Um, There's ongoing violence, um, the displacement of more and more people, um, and really serious trauma and disease um, which has been caused by such high levels of um, sexual violence. And the violence is slowly increasing again um, to levels which haven't been really seen since the height of the conflict in 2014. The need in the country is becoming increasingly worrying as people are once again fleeing to other parts of the country and to neighbouring countries like Chad, Cameroon, the DRC, countries where um, there is famine, starvation and more conflict. But still, those other countries that are next door are seemingly better than what people are fleeing from in CAR. Um, to give you an idea of kind of the scale of what is going on, so CAR has a population of 4.7 million. 2.3 million of those, so pretty much half, are dependent on humanitarian aid. A quarter of the population. Um, have been displaced, they've had to run away from their home, both internally to other areas and to other countries. And 1.1 million people are without sufficient access to food. Um, Since then, the conflict broke out again in CAR in 2012. Tens of thousands of people have been killed. Hundreds of thousands of people have been forced to flee their home. And women and girls, in particular, have experienced really horrendous violence and abuse... Um, and what has been happening has just stripped people of their dignity and their hope in the midst of extreme poverty and conflict. Um, we maybe take things like reading, writing, being able to count, um, things like that. Are just uh, We just take them for granted, right? Um, but actually most women in C.A.R. can't read or write. And lots of them don't have any numeracy skills. Um, the tradition there is that girls should marry early, have kids. They don't need an education Um, So lots of the girls don't go to school. But that means that women are often cheated in the marketplace um, by guys giving or demanding incorrect change or overcharging. That makes it really, really difficult for women to earn an income. Also, during the conflict, um, many of the women have lost their husbands um, or their husbands have left them after they've suffered um, sexual and gender-based violence. Others have lost their access to their land, the tools, the seeds that they need. And even though it's illegal for this to happen in CAR, it's common for the husband's family to take any land or belongings back if a woman is widowed um, or sexually assaulted. And this is actually one of the areas um, that Tier Fund's trying to help with, trying to train women to set up small businesses and then facilitate that transfer of assets that they need to set up the business. Um, with the woman themselves being able to make the decisions about how the assets should be distributed within a group depending on what each of their needs are but we're going to hear a wee bit more about that later and the social and sort of cultural norms in CAR the violence that women and girls are experiencing these things prevent them from developing skills or setting up businesses and women and girls experience violence and abuse from home at work at the market on the way to work Life in C.A.R. is really hard. The poverty is extreme um, and the experiences of abuse and violence are really devastating. There is so much need in this country. Um, I'm going to just introduce you to two women, um, Gina and Sorella. Um, Just to tell you their stories about how the conflict has affected them. So um, first up we've got Gina. Gina lives in CAR and she and her family had to run um, from armed groups when violence came to her village. Um, So this is um, her story of what happened. Um, the conflict took so much from Gina and her family, their home, their beds, their clothes. Um, they hid in the forest or the bush um, for months um, and just ate yams and roots and leaves. They didn't even have any like salt or oil or anything to make that taste better or to cook it. And um, Finally, though they were brave enough to return to their village and to see what was left, and yet in the midst of that horror, we can see hope. The church are there. Um, to reach out and to help those around them. They were able to demonstrate the love of Jesus through practical help um, and through sharing their faith, um, both with their actions and through their teaching. Um, your Fun was able to help um, Gina and her family through the local church. Um, Gina actually received agricultural training um, and was given seeds um, and tools to start planting again. Um, and in three months she was able to grow a good harvest of corn and peanuts I'm not sure it's just working there there's another there's a wee slide there um, and actually Gina was then finally be, was able to start to sell the produce um, that she was being able to grow and to earn an income again um, and she says she's got hopes for the future to be able to rear, to rear livestock again so that she can just raise enough money to send her kids to school. Um, God can work, God is working um, through the church to lift the blindness that poverty inflicts on people where people can't see a future or a hope or sometimes even survival. The next lady, Sorella, um, tells us in her story about how, um, in her words, um, she was blinded by poverty. And a lack of education. Poverty is blinding. All you can see is getting to the next day or the next meal. It stops people from being able to see a way forward. Um, Poverty stops them from being able to see anything in the future. um, Or hope or even survival sometimes. But somehow, Sorella manages to have hope. Um, And this is her story. Um, Sorella says I was like a blind person my eyes were closed and I didn't know anything because of the poverty that she grew up in she didn't know how to read or write Um, she hadn't been able to go to school and that was now having a knock on effect for her family and her kids Our Bible story from earlier talks about God's mighty works being shown through Jesus' miracle of the man being able to see again. He says, I once was blind, but now I see. Sorella talks about how poverty had blinded her. She wasn't able to read or write because of the poverty that she grew up in and that was now impacting her kids' lives and her family. It was impacting her ability to work and earn. She wasn't able to see how she could move forward or to recover after the violence had come to her village. And again, she'd been left with nothing. But... Through the church and her own God-given potential, Sorella was able to see again and to find hope. She learned how to write and to work with numbers. She was able to educate her own kids at home and she can now confidently buy and sell at the market and is able to plan and dream of developing her and her husband's business The church, and that's us as well as that local church in CAR, we have the opportunity to show the world the incredible, powerful and loving God that we worship through serving people who are living in poverty and providing ways for people to move forward towards their God-given potential. And that maybe looks really different, doesn't it, depending on where we are. It could be through literally giving seeds and teaching farming techniques. It could be through um, praying um, or making a donation. It could be coming alongside someone and going through it with them together. Together we all make up the church. Jesus was able to open the eyes of the man in the story, both physically and spiritually. God's miraculous power can work through the church to lift our physical and spiritual blindness, the blindness that poverty brings, as well as lifting our spiritual blindness whenever we come to know him. God can work through the church to restore those broken relationships that we see in our world today, broken relationships that cause conflict, broken relationships that cause material poverty, broken relationships between us and God through sin. Um, Jesus came to restore those relationships and in fact Jesus overcame the biggest brokenness the biggest divide ever in history didn't he when he died on the cross and so despite the brokenness despite the conflict despite the poverty that we see in the world today the things that are blinding people that are stopping them from moving forward and to see their future um, for themselves and their families, that are stopping them from thriving the brokenness that separates us and God. Despite the brokenness in our world, we can have hope because God works miraculously through the church and can lift the blindness like Sorella describes. <clears throat> um, tear Fund's working to help to equip the local church, to reach out in their local communities to help people like Gina and Sorella. CAFORM works with um, two partners in particular in CAR. I'm not going to try and read out their names because I can't say them, Um, but one is ACATBA and the other one is AEC. (laughs) Um, The first one does a a variety of things but specialises in um, literacy and numeracy training. Uh, The current project is working to support the survivors of sexual and gender-based violence in receiving the support that they need um, to find healing um, through counselling and referrals. They also provide sort of basic business skills, which allows people to to begin their businesses. The second partner is a platform that sort of brings together all the evangelical churches in Central Africa. um, And they've implemented a peace-building project... Um, and I started to put into effect um, a process that we call church and community transformation. But it's basically what we've been talking about equipping the church to help their local community um, and to help their local communities to escape poverty. And we're also running a number of sort of operational programs, um, the main focus of which is to help people with their immediate needs um, to access nutritious food, water, sanitation, infrastructure. Um, we're providing training for people in sustainable farming methods so those that have been displaced from their homes are able to start rebuilding their lives. Um, we're also providing toilets, repairing boreholes and camps for um, people who've been displaced within CAR, um, as well as at people's original homes and villages um, that have maybe been absolutely deserted and destroyed during the conflict. Rebuilding relationships across the country is so important. And Tearfund has been doing a wee bit of that work as well through um, running football tournaments um, in communities and doing sort of drama sketches together with people involving the local community members. Um, and there's some incredible statistics of what's been happening already. So already um, 1,500 women have been trained in literacy and business skills. Um, so they're able to start small businesses um, Nearly 200,000 people have benefited from um, the sanitation and uh, water and sanitation work. And 2,500 and individuals have attended football matches, which brought together players um, from different sides of the conflict um, in a project that is there to build relationships and friendships across those divides and across different tribes. Um, it is just incredible to hear um, how people like Selena and Sorella And so many others have been able to be helped, especially given the horrendous experiences and the extreme poverty that they and their families have been living in. Um, It's just incredible to hear how they've been able to interact with the church and to see how the church is motivated by their faith to support them um, and lots of other people in their communities. But there is more to be done um, there is still a huge amount of need in CAR. Um, it's currently the poorest country in the world. There is more to be done. Um, and I guess the church has the opportunity to continue to opt in um, to being Jesus' hands and feet in the world. To let God's power um, work through us. To lift that blindness that thousands and thousands of people in CAR and all over the world who are living in extreme poverty. Um, and have been affected by brutal conflict or experiencing. And we get the chance to be a part of Jesus' miraculous work. And to opt into empowering um, people to thrive and to hope for the future rather than being blinded by their poverty. Um, Which brings me to a really exciting, really cool opportunity that Tear Fund um, has been given. And it's an opportunity that helps us to do a bit of that opting in to what the church can do. Um, Tear Fund has been given the opportunity to be part of a really special appeal through DFID um, in response to this crisis in CAR, um, which means that every pound that is given to this appeal will be doubled by the UK government. Um, the money that's raised will go specifically towards helping people who are like Gina and Sorella and C.A.R. and people around the world who have struggled through conflict and poverty. Like, this is an incredible opportunity to literally double donations. Um, and we'd love to invite you to be part of the work um, and to consider what you might be able to give. Um, and literally your money will be doubled. Um, what sort of thing would your money do? So, for example, something even as small as a fiver can have a huge impact. So, five pounds, once it's doubled, um, could provide business um, startup funding for women like Gina, um, who will then be able to start building a sustainable livelihoods and um, to be able to provide for her six kids. Um, another example would be £35 when it's doubled could enable women to understand how to read and write. £225 once it's doubled could support women um, with loads of stuff um, that they need to recover from the impacts of the conflict, like medical care, trauma support, legal representation. Um, On Christmas Day in Orangefield, um, we give our offering to to tier funds and this year we're going to be giving our offering to this appeal. So any money that's given on Christmas morning will be doubled. Um, That gives you some time between now and then to maybe consider um, if you would like to give to that appeal um, and to think about um, what that money's been going towards um, and then know that it'll be doubled. Alternatively, if you um, want to think about that earlier um, and would like to give a donation earlier than that, um, do come and see me and I can get that organised. But this basically is just an incredible opportunity um, to literally double your money um, and in doing that to help to lift that blindness that poverty and conflict are causing um, for people in places like CA or other places that are experiencing conflict and violence. So I'll leave you to think about that. But before we finish, let's um, just pray. Father, we praise you and acknowledge your power that you have to lift our blindness, um, both spiritually and that blindness that is caused by poverty. Father, we lift up work in you and ask that you'll help people like Gina and Sorella as they experience and recover from just the horrific consequences of the conflict that is going on there. Father, I pray that you will move your church both here in Orangefield and in the UK, but also in C.A.R. to work together um, to do your work and to reach out to those who are in desperate need. And Father, will you speak to us this morning um, about how we can play our part? Um, Father, will you help us know how to respond? we pray this in your name, Father. Amen.